Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello. Welcome to Why Not Me, turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. I'm your host, Coach Todd Halls. Super excited to be here and so thankful that you're here with me and very, very excited uh, for you to engage with and learn from our guest today. Uh, we've got Mike Maddock with us. Mike is a husband, a dad, an entrepreneur, an author. His latest book is called Plan D, and I can't wait for Mike to fill in all the blanks that were just created with that. So with that, Mike, anything you would like to add? I'm thrilled to be with you, Todd. I appreciate you giving me a little bit of time and uh, looking forward to our conversation. Thank you. Glad you're here. So let's... Um, Let's start with the latest, Plan D. What, what's that all about? So I, uh, I, used to get, I used to get detentions in parochial school for uh, doing voices, for talking too much, and for doodling. And now I get paid to do voices, talking too much, and doodling. Um, I, I was disruptive. And that led to a life of starting businesses and lucky me being around people that were really good at launching new products and services. They were disruptors, people that would walk into a room and um, blow shit up for the good of the whole, you know, again and again and again, they just had this ability to see things they didn't like and, uh, you know, break them better. And you know, these people, they do it in relationships, they do it in businesses. Um, they just naturally know how to, how to break things better. So I wrote a book about it. And Plan D is about uh, disruptors. There are eight superhero powers. The idea was, you know, here's a story about a disruptor that I know. Um, here is their superhero power, and here's how you can use it for good, not evil. That sounds awesome. What, what led you to the point where you were like, I've got this book, and I just need to get this one out? Like, well, I mean, I, I like writing about friends. Um, I like writing about my own experiences and I really enjoy, you know, I like sharing wisdom. So the difference between intelligence and wisdom is intelligence is learning from your own mistakes. Um, it, it hurts. It leaves a bruise, you know, it's, it's not too much fun and wisdom is sharing uh, those lessons, people that are willing to say, wow, that was hard and this is what I learned from it. So over the years, I've been blessed to be in rooms full of people that shared wisdom with me um, so I didn't have to be intelligent. <laughs> and, and I just felt like it was time to share some of those things. It, the, the other thing is that um, I'm a real believer in entrepreneurship. I think that 
entrepreneurs can can change the world. And the difference between people that are entrepreneurs and people that aren't are is really, in my experience, one person was brave enough to give it a shot and the other one wasn't. So I'm here to encourage people um, to give it a shot. You know, there it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not that difficult to be an entrepreneur if you, if you just give it a shot. What do you think keeps the, the folks that don't give it a shot? What keeps them where they're at? So one of the things that happened to me that was just serendipitous really was I, I liked having money in my pocket. Now, to be clear, I've never been driven by money, but I liked the freedom that money gave me. And we didn't have a lot of money as kids. So I started my own little businesses just to have some, you know, two pennies to rub together. And uh, by chance, every job that I got in high school, even though I was making money shoveling snow and doing lawns, et cetera, you know, I had to go out and get a job. So at 14, I got a job, 15, I got another job, 16, I had another job. And I just kept getting these jobs and they were all for entrepreneurs. It It was just lucky. So I got a chance to watch what happened when the doors closed and the closed sign went on the door and um, the the arguments, the angst, the conversations. And what I learned was that these people weren't, you know, really brilliant. They were just brave. They had tried it. And that gave me the courage. I think that the diff- I think that um, having people tell you you can't and and not. So I remember. I was working as a laborer in Chicago at 1418 Lakeshore Drive. And it was this luxury apartment. And I'm, you know, sweeping and carrying drywall everywhere. And every floor was customized, you know. And millionaires from Chicago had their own floors. The guy that owned the White Sox had a floor. The guy that owned Crown Cola had a floor. So the best tradesmen in the country were working on these floors. And I remember seeing carpenters screaming and swearing because they just miscut a piece of wood and electricians screaming and swearing because they screwed up an electrical job. And I thought to myself, well, that's how it's done, isn't it? It, it, These people aren't perfect. They're the best of the best, but they just keep going. They make mistakes faster than everyone else. And I think that people that aren't entrepreneurs are afraid to make the mistake. They don't realize that it's who makes the mistakes more, the fastest is the one that wins. In my experience, that's, yeah, uh, that's an interesting way to put it. Make, who makes the mistakes fastest? Um, my, I've got a son; he's fifteen, and he would, he asked me sometimes, "What would you, you know, what, if you could do it over, what would you do different?" And I always say, "Well, nothing, because it'd be, um, it, it, it may change." And I like where we're at. I said, but, and then I thought about it and reflected on that question, and I realized the one thing I would do is I whatever I did, I would do with absolute intensity. Like there'd be no. I'd be, I'd make mistakes faster, I guess is, is what I'm saying. Like whatever I was, was it whatever road I decided to head down, I head down as fast as I could. And if it was great, great. But if not, I would know and, and move on rather than the time that kind of got uh, sidetracked or, or kind of bogged down in someplace it wasn't even meant to be. Yeah. There's, there's all these, I've learned that cliches are cliches for a reason because they're usually true. <laughs> you know, as a kid, I'd roll my eyes like, yeah, I've heard that before. And then as I got to middle age, I'm like, maybe I should listen to that because all the smart people keep saying it. I think that, um, you know, don't ruin good with perfect is a really good turn of phrase 
because action, just being in action, I we work with some really big companies. And what I see is entrepreneurs will make 20 moves before a large company will make one because they're concerned about failure. Failure is really just first attempt in learning, right? That's what fail is, first attempt mm-hmm. in learning. And if you can have one attempt, two attempts, 20 attempts before someone gets around to moving the first chess piece, you're going to win. And that's what entrepreneurs do, the best entrepreneurs do. Have you noticed a common thread um, as it relates to the ability to gather yourself up and do it again? Because at some point, um, at some point, the bruises start to hurt and the scrapes start to hurt. And yet, to your point, um, you see these entrepreneurs just get up and go again and get up and go again and get up and go again. What makes that possible? You know, the Phil Knight wrote a great book, uh, Shoe Dog. I highly recommend it. It's about how he started this Nike and he had no business starting Nike. And the line that I remember from that book was the best advice he ever got in business and in life is just keep going. I just love that. I think that there's a resilience uh, and maybe it's more of an instinct to, to just keep going, you know, like the, uh, um, and there's two sides to this coin. Many entrepreneurs, their inclination or instinct when things aren't going well is just to, to scrap everything, start over. That's not usually a recipe for success, but it's a great skill to have if you need to pivot your business. Um, so I, I think that, uh, you know, just keep going is great parenting advice and just la- being able to laugh, like, not take yourself too seriously. Like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> Let me try something else is, is just really important. So most of the entrepreneurs I know have a pretty good sense of humor. They don't take themselves too seriously. So I heard resilience and sense of humor. That's the, that's the secret sauce. I think so. I mean, what else? Either that or curl up in the corner in the fetal position and rock yourself to sleep. Um, here's another thing. I, Actually, this is from Plan D. Um, I think it's chapter three. It's about ghosts. I have never met a really successful uh, person that wasn't either chasing a ghost or being chased by one. The question is, who's got who? Who's chasing who? So, uh, you know, whether it's your English teacher that told you you would never be anywhere or that coach or your father or mother whose shadow you could never get out from under, that's the ghost. And that makes you show up earlier, work harder. Uh, you know, everything is more, more, more. And it, it can lead to a really dysfunctional life unless you're conscious of it. And what I see is that people are really successful and balanced, which is a terrible word entrepreneur for entrepreneurship, um, people are aware of the ghost and they're actually playfully competing with that ghost. Does that make sense? I think it makes good sense. I've never heard it um, phrased quite that way. Um, Similarly, I've heard um, somebody share that they make their decisions based on, am I running away from something or running towards something? And if I'm running towards something, then it's all in. If I'm running away from something, then I need to stop and and really take a look at, okay, is, uh, is this where I need to head? I love that. Yeah, if uh, people that have a great North Star um, 
are are they get energy from from chasing it um and and if you are but if you're if you're working in fear or scarcity you're constantly being drained of energy so there's that's a that would be a wonderful thing to have a beer and play with but it's a big idea yeah yeah so and as you shared that what what comes to mind is um the voices, the, the ants, and ants is the automatic negative thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've done this, mentioned this in other podcasts in different places. Like I, I usually would tell people, never, never interrupt somebody when they're talking. The one exception is when it's your own voice, that that negative voice saying, "Who do you think you are to try this? You you, you failed last time. How are you going to do it this time? Like, wh- why would they listen to you, etc.? And what comes to mind right now is. I can now, should that ever happen to me, and I'm not saying it does, but should it ever, I can now just give it a face and say, okay, game on, let's let's compete a little bit. And sw- just kind of switching that frame of mind into let's have some fun with this rather than let it shut us down. Yeah, and so what I see is you've heard of uh, KPIs, key per- performance indicators, Entrepreneurs that are really aware of their ghosts actually have KPIs against the ghost. They compete with the ghost. It's like, okay, I know this is a thing. I So here's how I'm going to measure it. Here's my key performance indicator, and I'm going to track how I'm doing against this thing. And when and the entrepreneurs or people in general at large that don't, that aren't aware of what's driving them, it can manifest itself in really, really bad ways. Narcissism selfishness, uh, anger. And so I, again, I've never met a successful person that isn't either chasing or being chased by a ghost. The question is, who's chasing who? And um, it's actually, I would argue, a blessing to have that chip on your shoulder. Um, You know, that, that ghost that you, that, that, that keeps you, because they, that, 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 thought or idea can actually make you much better at what you do. Sure. Um, have you identified your ghost? I have. Um, and I, 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 I grew up in a, an environment that it was always um, someday, someday, someday. And that, that's haunted me, you know, why is it Sunday? And, and, you know, you know, the end of it, you've seen this movie before and uh, you know how it ends that Sunday never comes. And so uh, I have been haunted by the idea of, uh, you know, today we call it FOMO, but I have been haunted by the idea of missing out on something that I would want to do an experience, a, uh, you know, a metric, et cetera, and putting it off to Sunday. And that keeps me in action to a fault, by the way. I mean, there's a reason why I've started seven businesses. It's just like, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. So what, man, man, we could go uh, 10 different ways with that. Um, What, what are a couple of those experiences that you have experienced that you like just, and you've mentioned the seven businesses, but any, any personal adventures or family adventures, things that you've, you've done or experienced that, that probably w- wouldn't have happened without this very 
real knowledge that this is what's this is your ghost. Yeah, and just just a little bit more context. When I was in seventh grade, I went to the state science fair finals with a gentleman named Michael Roach, who was recovering from cancer. He died a year later um, at thirty nine and three hundred plus days. Uh, my college roommate died of cancer. Who was an entrepreneur. Um, my wife's mother died when she was 16 of cancer. And so uh, with that in mind, when my mother suggested that we buy a lake house when I was 25, and I'd never even thought of it, that became, why wouldn't I do that? She, she argued, and by the way, lake house, lake cottage, lake cabin, lake dump, but someplace to go to get away from work, you know, to, to, to enjoy life. And so we did it. You know, I always wanted to buy a boat. I bought one at, uh, 24 and, and these were, you know, these are silly superficial things, but I will tell you that behind every one of those Sundays was the ability to make memories. And on the look back, those are the things like, I, I think, uh, money is for memories and, and I am coaching my kids if there's a chance to make a memory and you can afford it, make that memory because nobody promises us tomorrow. Good words. Uh, and I'm with, I'm going to keep and use that phrase that uh, money is memories or making memories. Um, Cause I think we missed that. And, and so I'll share a, a part of my journey as a, as a person of faith and an entrepreneur is uh, there've been, it's been a struggle to, to be okay with, the money aspect. Am I supposed to be a high earner? Um, and as I, as I've sorted through that and dealt with it, I, I am because of all the good that you can do with it and come with it. And, and even to what you just mentioned, like everything you do is an opportunity to make memories with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, with your friends. Um, and there, you know, I'm just thinking back on a few recent memories. I, I couldn't, you can't put a value on it. It's, they're, they're truly invaluable. My uh, my nephew, the highest compliment I ever received, family compliment, was he said, "Uncle Mike, you are the memory maker." And you know, Todd, there are, we we decided to travel with our kids in diapers. I mean, we we went on missions trips um, up the Amazon. We went and built houses, built houses in Mexico. We've been all over the world because we. Uh, because of a ghost, right? We're, you know, there, there's why wait? And, and um, you know, I, I will share that my wife is uh, terminally ill now after 30 years of marriage. And I am so grateful that we have those memories together, that we didn't put them off for someday. Um, because uh, guess what? That someday's not going to come. It already went by. So I... I coach, you know, I have all kinds of things with my kids I, or our kids. We, I'd love for them to be entrepreneurs and I'll tell them, you know, to fail very quickly. Failure is not, is inaction. It isn't, it isn't making a mistake. It's not making mistakes fast enough. Um, find a great business partner who, who reveals your blind spots and compliments who you trust, who, who compliments your weaknesses. Um, get, you know, every entrepreneur should have three things. They should have a coach. They should have an operating system, a way to keep score, and they should have a peer group. And, you know, my latest business is around 
peer groups because I think they are just absolutely powerful when it comes to uh, some days and making memories and and most importantly, um, you know, getting out of the expertise trap that most of us fall into eventually. What's so? What's the expertise trap? Tell tell me. I think I know, but tell me what that means. Okay, so my favorite saying in the world is you can't read the label when you're sitting inside the jar. And if you've been working on a relationship, a business, uh, an industry for more than six months, congratulations, you're an expert. You know what worked in the past. You know what you can afford. You know what's legal. You know what the boss really wants. You know why Bernie got fired. You know, you know, you know, you know. And the more you know, the harder it is for you to see possibility when it's walking right in front of you. That's the expertise trap. And it is something that happens to um, all successful people um, unless they find hacks to reveal their blind spots. Um, And so, you know, most of the work that I have done, most of the mistakes I have made is because I was the expert and I had a blind spot. Most of the work that we've done with clients and my latest business, uh, Flourish Forums, is all about surrounding yourself with other experts who will reveal your blind spots. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the peer group is, I think, back on, on life, going all, all the way back to youth group um, as a kid, but even more so, I got involved with CBMC in 2013 and, and small group, just having people around you that, um, that care about you, but also will speak truth to you. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, they're calling out your blind spots because we're, we're in, like you said, when you're in the jar, you, you can't see the label. And without somebody on the outside looking and saying, hey, Todd, have you considered this? Sometimes and, it's hard. So, and something else, Todd, that I've, that I've learned is, uh, hold on one second, the phones are Something else I've learned is that the, the um, in order for you to, in order for you to understand and listen, you have to respect someone that's pointing out a blind spot. Unfortunately, when I was younger, the people that, that I thought I could learn the least from were the ones, I mean, I remember the first peer group experience I had. I literally in my mind went around the table and went, no, yes, no, no, no. And I was looking at people going, I can't learn. That guy's going to help me be a better business person. That one will never help me. And I was absolutely incorrect because it was the people that thought differently than I did who, who would ask the questions that would tick me off. Like what an inhumane, who would do that? I mean, like they would ask me questions that were so repulsive to me, which was an indication that there was a giant blind spot. And it took me a long time to realize that those are the people, those are the people that, that will, that will shed light on your most your biggest opportunities and biggest blind spots. But in order for that to work, it takes time. It takes maturity. It takes respect. So how do you jump ahead? How do you hack that system? So you'll actually listen to someone and not get mad when they, when they suggest to you that you might be missing something. Um, that's, that's the magic, you know? Uh, and it took me many, many years to figure that out. Likewise. Uh, and, and, I recognize now when I'm like, somebody will ask a question and they get a little prickly, like, 
And I'm like, oh, hang on a second. That's that's probably a good indicator that I need to probably spend some time reflecting on this very question or something similar. Yeah. Yeah. Your your passion around a subject is an indication of the of commitment. The 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 more passionate or angry you are, the more committed you are to something. So what are you so committed to? And is it the right commitment? And um I've again I've been so fortunate to be around people, including my wife, actually, that would that uh, that spent the time to build enough re- rapport and relationships so that I would actually hear them when they suggested that I might be missing something because <laughs> they were right. <laughs> so I miss a lot. So you you mentioned your wife's illness and. It brings to mind a couple couple things. Even and, and a while back, you mentioned the you brought up the word balance um, in relation to entrepreneurship and how that's uh, not your favorite word. I think so, some of that effect. But um, so you've started seven companies. You've raised two children, and and most recently have been on on this journey with your wife. Um, how do how do you, um, I'm going to use the word balance. How do you balance that? How's that been? How do you, how do you stay focused on the main thing? How do you keep the main thing, the main thing? Well, that's a good turn of phrase. Uh, I, I think, so I've been, it turns out I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing and, um, I am pretty clear about what I want to make happen. I, I write it down. I write down what I want to make happen and I categorize it against, you know, personal, professional, family, et cetera. And then I stand back and try to figure out, you know, what has to happen. So one of the things that I, that I do a fair amount of speaking, I'm writing another book about this topic, about how to make difficult decisions during difficult times, um, is the, uh, the drama triangle. Are you familiar with that Todd? So the three characters in the drama triangle, You know, there's drama when someone is complaining about anything. That person has chosen to play the role of the victim. There's the victim, the person complaining, the persecutor, what they're complaining about, and the rescuer is the person they're complaining to. And it's a dynamic that happens to all of us. Uh, but, But drama can't happen unless someone's willing to play the role of the victim. And you can only change your role in the dynamic. You can't change someone else. So the idea is to move from being a victim to a creator, from a persecutor to a challenger, from a rescuer to a coach. So with that in mind, under pressure, and I can tell you that when your wife has brain cancer, it would be pretty easy to play the victim for her or for me. Um, but that's not what happened. We, we had a conversation and there are three questions. What do you wanna make happen? what stands in our way and who can help us get there. And those questions I would uh, propose are three of the most powerful questions in life. You know, when you feel like you're stuck or upset or angry or, or lack inspiration, well, what do I wanna make happen here? I mean, what am I trying to do? What stands in my way and who can help me get there? And so as far as the conversation with my wife went was, she had a pretty clear idea that she wanted her faith to be um, to. She wanted people to see her faith in action, 
through the disease. And it has been a miracle to watch. Um, and I, and I want to help her with that. Um, I wanted to her memory to be a blessing. And um, I wanted the, so we put together a foundation with my, and our son designed the logo and, you know, her friends are now enrolled and helping with that and family in so much as they want to be. And um, I wanted to demonstrate to our children and family that you can create during the worst of times. So I started a business, another one. Uh, um, and so, you know, those three questions are really helpful. It doesn't make it eat. It doesn't make it less painful, but at least, you know, you're, as you said earlier, you're, you're moving towards something. You know, there's, there's a, there's an outcome. There's a goal that, that is energizing rather than just complaining and feeling stuck. Sure. Sure. I'm reminded of um, Jordan Peterson. I, I don't know if you've read any of his stuff or, or followed any of his things, but um, 12 Rules for Life. And he talks about, um, I think it's his daughter gets sick. I'm not doing this very well. But rather than being playing the victim, they actually just scheduled a time like, okay, we're going to give this thing 60 minutes every day where we'll get together as a family, discuss it, air it all out. But that's, but that's it rather than letting it be all consuming. Um, and I don't, I, I share that because as I've, as I've imagined that and, and now talking with you, I don't know that I'm that compartmentalized. So my, my hat's off just to, to, to have an understanding of where you're at and, and where you're going. Um, yeah, I just ran out of words, Mike. Well, I just, just, I think just building on um, what you said earlier, um, who, who John Wooden, Coach John Wooden said, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Hmm. I'll tell you what, if I did not have a ecosystem of loving friends surrounding me, and if Ruthie didn't have it and family, it would be a different story. I mean, the, the the community has shown up during this time, and it's been really inspiring, a, a privilege, actually, to see um, God working through my wife and in the community. I mean, it's just been amazing. And it sucks. But uh, one other thing that I think is a go-to punch of disruptors and entrepreneurs is they tend to see possibilities instead of problems. You know, I, on stage every once in a while, I'll tell the story about the shoe salesman or the two shoe salesmen 30 years ago, they get to sent, sent to India, which is a third world country. Sales manager calls number one salesperson and says, how's it going over there? He goes, I can't believe you sent me here. Nobody, nobody wears shoes and calls some, number two. He goes, how's it going? He goes, I, this is unbelievable. Everybody needs shoes. So, I mean, the, the, the reflex to walk into a difficult situation and see possibility instead of problems. I credit my mom for that, but that is, that's a pretty cool thing because life is full of problems. Like, you know, and in every room there's, there's treasure to be found, but it's the person that's digging for treasure that finds it. Um, so there you go. 
Yeah, it's it's the one of the reasons I started this particular podcast is turning trials into triumphs. And while the, the trials are oftentimes hard, uh, painful, um, there's I, I do believe there's always a silver lining. There's always something that comes out of it um, for good. Um, so, what? What's the trajectory of the book, uh, Plan D? When, when is it out now? When's it, when's it come out? Yeah, it's out. It's out. Um, I'm doing a fair amount of speaking um, at conferences on, uh, you know, on disruptive culture and people that are trying to get their, uh, it's been a tough couple of years for people. There's an understatement of the day. And so um, rising above all this, you know, nothing, nothing causes innovation like a crisis. And nothing, nothing accelerates it like a crisis. So we're in crisis. So there's actually a lot of possibility in, to pivot. So I'm talking um, at conferences about that. Um, the Flourish Forums is, uh, real quickly, Todd, is a hyper-curated um, group of peers. There's six seats, uh, at least, in every forum. It's a virtual forum. You're running a P&L. So you have the wheel of the car, um, and I test people to see whether you fit in the operator seat, the strategist seat, the rainmaker seat, the visionary seat, the tech future seat, or the orchestrator seat. So every time you bring a challenge to that group, you get six different types of thinking from peers who can say, hey, might you be missing something? Think of it as a virtual advisory board, and that has been... Um, taking up a little bit of my time and it's just been wonderful to be in the room, the virtual room with so many clever people. Sounds amazing. How many of these, how many groups are there? We have, um, I'm going to run four of these forums. I have the three of them, three forums. So one more and full disclosure, I thought, well, this is something that I need in my life. Um, I think forums are amazing, but I couldn't find one that was engineered to provide, you know, a balanced type of feedback from people I really respected. So I invented it and I thought, we'll see if it's a scalable business. I think it, it actually is. Um, but it, you know, it's just been fun uh, having it come to me. One other thing, there is an, there is an executive coach in each one of these groups called a Yoda. So if, if someone gets stuck in the meeting, there's a professional to get them unstuck. And, um, and there's a moderator who is a peer, who is a typically, uh, you know, has businesses of his or her own in, in and around strategy. So um, anyway, it's been, it's been loads of fun uh, learning with, with clever people every, every week. How do, where was the idea born from? Uh, I've been in an, a YPO forum for 15 years. It's my second one. I've been in EO Forum for 23 years, Entrepreneurs Organization. My best friends in the world are from forums, so I, I am a strong believer. I've been very involved with Vistage. Um, so I, I believe forums are really important. However, there's not intentionality around who's in the room. So imagine you cut up a bunch of ingredients, throw it in a pot of water, and hopes, you know, random ingredients, and hope the soup isn't too salty. Usually it's not going to taste that good. So the thought was, well, everyone, everyone needs soup. Soup is sustenance. How about we make a better soup? So that's where the idea came from. Yeah, I love the idea. Um, 
I first got introduced to Forms uh, through Christian Businessmen's Connection, CBMC. Uh, yes. Back in, in 2013, I joined a trusted advisor forum and uh, it was tra- just changed my life, changed like the the way I looked at business, changed how I communicated with my spouse, with my, with, with our son. It, it's, yeah, I'm a, I'm an advocate for forums. So I'm super excited for you and that you're doing that. That's awesome. Thank you. Pat. Thank yeah. you. And, and, and I, uh, I've been in uh, Bible studies with uh, a number of Christian people and, and, uh, you know, I think there's it in terms of accountability and blind spots. Awesome. I want an atheist, a Buddhist, a Christian, a Jew in my, like, I want the diversity of uh, women, men, millennials, boomers. I want to see all the things that I might be missing. And that's hard to get. Have you ever heard of, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Revere and is it Joseph Doss, which is my point. It'll come to me. The two men, both, that got on horses yelling the British are coming. They went the same amount of miles. And yet the only person we ever hear about is Tom Revere or Paul Revere. And the reason is because he was a silversmith. He knew everybody. So his social network looked like the spokes on a bike. But William Doss uh, was a, in a tight group of religious people and they all knew each other. And so that's a good example of like, opening up your perspective for what you might be missing that typically in a large business, the most successful person has been doing it a long time. They made a lot of money doing it one way. They have the big title. So they get in a room and say, that'll never work. Look at my watch. I've made zillions in this business. Meanwhile, here come their kid, the kids of their kids who want something completely different, but they can't see it. Um, So how do you get that perspective? And that's what I'm, that's what I'm interested in. Which ties back to your, the book, Plan D, the, the disruptive thinking and creating an environment where you're in, you're inviting that into your, to your headspace, to your room. That's right. That's right. Very cool. Um, What would you say as you look ahead to the coming year um, professionally in, in, in the business with, with forums, what's, what's your biggest challenge lying ahead? Well, I, uh, I've been called a futurist, which means I get a lot of energy from thinking about the future and predicting what might happen. And right now the future can be a pretty dark place for me. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest challenge for me is, um, finding, just being patient and, you know, uh, letting, letting, letting this chapter come to a close and then, uh, you know, and then letting the future happen. I, I, you know, my answer two years ago, Ty would have been completely different. I would have had, I'm going to do this and then we're going to do this and this and this and this, you know, but right now, um, which is a real, opportunity to grow, you know, just kind of being patient and, um, and letting the future come to me or to us, yeah. I should say as a family, because I think being a dad is going to be a really important role I have in the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's so uh, for, for all, for a lot of us, it's so hard to do, I like to, yeah. to be in that 
spot that season. So, um, so please know that I, I just support you in that. I will uh, uh, keep you and Ruthie and your family in prayer as you as you Thank walk you. this journey. Um, if you if you were to offer um, before we close, just one question for our listeners that that you would say, hey, everybody, ponder this. What would be what would be the question you would throw out to our listeners? Uh, so there's a principle in design thinking that if you keep trying to solve a problem over and over again and can't solve the problem, you're probably working on the right wrong problem. So I would I would ask your listeners, are you sure you're working on the right problem? And getting back to there's something in your life that is frustrating, and it's, you've felt stuck for a long time, and you keep trying to fix it. Might it be you're working on the wrong problem? That's awesome. Perfect. That's that's a perfect question for all of us to ponder. I think. So thank you. You you mentioned um, you mentioned a foundation. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, we. What happened was I had a friend of mine said, listen, I'm going to start a GoFundMe page. And I said, no, you're not. And he said, yes, I am. I go, no, you're not. <laughs> he said, yeah, I am. And so he did. So I committed that I would, anything that came in for, in the GoFundMe page, and people were crazy, crazy generous. I would, uh, I would turn into a uh, donation. And it's not going to be, a, it's not a foundation. That's the wrong word because that's a legal word. It is a fund that I'm going to use to uh, let my kids and Ruthie's friends and nieces and nephews direct where that money goes. So, um, yeah, so that's what we did. But it isn't it isn't a true foundation because of the tax issues or whatever. So we're good. I I I, I don't. We're good there. Thank you, though. Perfect. Todd. Yeah. For for our listeners that would love to connect with you to learn more about. Um, your books to learn more about your business to learn more about the forums what's the best way to connect with with you so um you know the books are on amazon under mike maddock um flourish forums if you're interested in that it's www.flourishforums plural flourishforums.com and you can send me a note at uh, mike at flourishforums.com or Mike at MaddockDouglas.com, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. All those places are, I'm easy to find. <laughs> perfect. 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 Well, Mike, thank you. This has been, uh, this has been a pleasure and an honor to speak with you today. I appreciate it. Feelings mutual, Todd. Thanks for letting me into your life. Yeah. Yeah. And folks, listeners, um, thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. Hope it's added some value and strengthened and encouraged you on your journey. Whatever, whatever you're thinking, whatever big vision God's, God has put on your heart, remember, you can. So until next time, uh, be bold, be humble, stay hopeful, stay healthy, live life strong. Peace to you. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.